0: Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, they'll help you unleash your inner
1: decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. (laughs) We're your hosts.
0: Join the expert team at Ballard
2: Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world.
1: Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net.
0: Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. Okay, our guest today, I'm so excited. I've been, we've well, Taryn and I have both been poring over his new book, which is out next month. His name is Markham Roberts. He's a legendary designer out of New York. He's been called the master of timeless American style. His work has been featured in Architectural Digest, Domino Magazine, El Decor, Gallery Magazine, Town & Country, Vogue, Veranda. He's on the 80s 100 list, El Decor's A-list. And he now, as I mentioned, has, has just released his second book, Um, notes on decorating. His first book was called Decorating the Way I See It, both from Vendôme Press. And we are just so thrilled to have you on the show and get to pick your brilliant mind about decorating and
1: ask you all the questions.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs)
1: So you just started your career, it sounds like. Um.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I did. I'm 23.
3: We we (laughs) could tell. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And, uh, oh, the years have worn me down. I actually started working for Mark Hampton, which was really, really fun and a great place to start uh, before going out on my own. And um, that was a long time ago. I realized I think I've been in my own business for 25 years now, uh, I think. <laughs> um, I would have to do the math to figure that out, so don't ask me. <laughs> you. you
1: don't, it's okay.
2: Um, but anyway, here, here we all are.
1: 25 years yeah. that's nuts you
2: guys don't even look 25
1: why thank you thank yes. you
2: okay.
0: <laughs> i'll take that
2: okay
0: well i um you know it's funny we got we were lucky enough to get an advanced copy of your second book notes on decorating and i actually had a copy of your first book the decorating the way i see it and i loved seeing how how much your style has changed but also how much it's stayed the same from book to book because I did feel like there's like a lot has sort of evolved but then there's so many things that you did and you know in both books and obviously across your body of work that have remained consistent. So it was really fun to get to kind of compare them side by side and see how you update some of those timeless sort of um, gestures, I guess in a new way. Sure.
2: Uh, getting to do a book is such a, an interesting thing. It's like, you know, I sort of equate it to therapy where you get to go and talk about yourself and make someone listen as a captive prisoner um, <laughs> and pretend that they're interested. Um, but doing a book really f- forces you to look at what you've done. And I waited a long time to do a book. Um, uh, it makes you look very carefully at what you've done. You have to edit out, you know, there's not enough room in a book to put all the pictures, etc. So you have to really edit what you want to say, what you want to show. Um, but it's a really nice thing to see it collectively. It makes you really um it makes you proud f- for a minute of of you, you remember, which you don't you know at all times remember. Wow, I've I've done all of this. That's I'm really <laughs> happy to be able to show this. Um, so doing the second book was the same experience, but um obviously it's a little bit different in that it's projects from the past six years, you know, since the first book. And There is a unifying theme between the two in that it's how I sort of think about decorating. It's not organized by project or by, you know, Mm -hmm. beach house or country house or city house. It's organized by the things that I want to talk about, which are the things that I sort of think about um, in how I approach, you know, each job. And so they are different subject matters, but there's some overlapping. And it's nice to hear you say that things look different and things look familiar at the same time. I think that's nice. So. Thank you.
0: Well, I, that's just, yeah, that was kind of my takeaway just from the styles, because I think that some, certainly someone with your experience, you would have, people come to you because of your style. So it's, it's always interesting to see how it, how it changes. But I loved what you said in the intro about, um, you know, approaching your clients' hopes and decorating hopes and dreams. And I wondered if you could expand on that a little bit, because, um you know, decorating is a luxury, but it's also needs to be very functional. And so. Um, it does.
3: I yeah, I just
0: wanted to hear.
2: On practicality in my, in my book. So <laughs> it does have to work. It has, It, it, it can, something can be pretty, but if it doesn't work, nobody's gonna use it or go in the room, et cetera. So yes, it, it's it's nice to work with all different types of clients on all different types of projects because it makes it interesting that way and never the same thing over and over again. But the most important thing and, and you know, it's, it's sort of what I talk about in the intro, and it's a little bit about the first chapter, which is sort of a uh, client's point of view, is you want to understand your clients, and you want to try and figure out what makes them happy, what they want, et etc. Because what I think is great and what I want, you know, m- might be great in my mind, but it's not my living room, and I'm not the one who's using it, unless I'm over there having a drink as a guest. And um, it really does matter for the most part, what the client really wants. And that drives sort of the beginning of the project, figuring out what you're going to do. Most often you get um, a hope and dream that's basically like, I, I I want this to be a great house for my family. You know, I want to have friends over. I want everybody to be happy and comfortable. Um, so it can be something very general. And then you work with that. You understand, you know, if kids are two versus uh you know, 17 versus 30, there's a big difference. A two-year-old, you know, you have to have all outdoor materials that you can hose down the peanut butter and jelly off of. A 17-year-old, you have to lock up the bar cabinet. And <laughs> a 30-year-old, is a different story. They're like little functioning adults <laughs> and they can be a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, you know, clients' hopes and dreams can also be super specific. I have a a, a longtime client I, uh, whom I adore and I've done uh, a second apartment for her now in the city, but she has a son who is fantastic. He's autistic. And so we had to very carefully think of things to do with the decorating that made him feel comfortable
3: mm-hmm.
2: with the change that was happening. And that's a that's a big deal. That's a hugely important part of um, their lives. And that's something that I had to not only just listen to and you know write down, but I had to understand it in order to be able to do something that worked.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it can also be, you know, a simple comment. I, got, I had a client once who told me when we were looking at her living room in this very grand apartment, she's like, I don't want anybody to feel comfortable in my living room. And <laughs> I first sat laughing just because that was not what I expected to hear from anybody. But what I realized in discussing it with her was that she had uh, really wanted the room to be a place for formally entertaining, where there are other rooms for the family and friends to relax. This room was for specific receptions. And
3: Mm -hmm. she had had a
2: very unique experience where she had seen an elderly woman, the mother of someone she was throwing a party for, sinking into this deep sofa that her previous decorator had made for her. And she felt you know, she needed to rescue this woman and pull her, you know, with a crane <laughs> out of the sofa, there were specific instructions about what the upholstery should be like. I gave her a very beautiful living room with very comfortable and specific upholstery, but not one that an elderly person would get lost in.
3: Yeah.
0: That, that makes is- sense. Well, and and if you do have, you know, appetizers or hors d'oeuvres on your coffee table, you don't want to be 40, inch, 40 inches away from them because then you, like you said, need a crane to reach the you know
2: whatever and you, you and you don't want to have to move 13 things to be able to set down a tray if that's what you're going to be doing you have to think about that in advance so you're mm-hmm. exactly right
1: no that's so yeah. smart and you actually speak to that same idea and premise when you also talk about materials in certain climates and you speak to that in this um, book as well um and you you have to say it because you say it much better than I would
2: <laughs> there is a chapter called the sense of place and i think that it's important. I think that um, you should think about, you know, a mountain house versus a beach house versus a, you know, a very glamorous, polished urban apartment versus, you know, a house in the desert or or, or wherever it may be, and whatever the particular uh, climate or, or terrain is. I, I, you know, my friend Mary, who sort of helped me think about topics, she's just a, a great mind, and she. Um, she and I were laughing about what she calls the Bahamian moose. So, <laughs> you, know, you don't expect in a house in the Bahamas to see a giant moose head. Now, I talk about this in the book. Like, I suppose that could work if there's some story, you know, incredible story behind it that somebody's grandfather brought it or on some boat or it ended up in a storm, whatever it is. But if there's no story there, don't go buy a moose head for a house in the Bahamas unless you want it to be a conversation point that people are going to say, why is that there? Mm-hmm. Um, there are things you know that you think about. If you're working on a mountain house, you think about natural materials. If you're in the middle of beautiful you know, mountain wilderness, you think about um, beautiful woods and stones and iron and things like that rather than chrome and glass and polished nickel and things like that. So mm-hmm. you want to be mindful, but you don't ever want to be rigid about it. Um, you know, like a, a beautifully woven um Amish basket can be a work of art, right? Or uh something like that. And though it seems quite rustic and plain, um, it could be incredibly beautiful as a, a an artistic accessory or something in, you know, some penthouse in Miami, for example. I just kind of think that like you know, a shell grotto powder room for a house in landlocked Indiana isn't going to work. So I'm from Indianapolis when I, you know, help my mother <laughs> deal with things. I'm not suggesting things like that to her um, yeah. or saddle bar stools, you know, for example, in a, uh, some urban apartment, et cetera.
0: Well, you, you mentioned, um, locations out West and I actually, the loved, I just was so in love with the um, homes that you did that were out West. And I, I thought it was such a a beautifully done um, combination of some of those more um, traditional elements that, you know, a pleated lampshade, for example, or a chair with, you know, contrast weld or something that you would kind of think of as being a little bit more um, traditional or formal, but then it, it, worked so beautifully with all, with its surroundings. It was like the, such a, it was kind of what I was going to earlier about updating those traditional elements because they also felt very modern. And so I was kind of, I was loving those spaces because I was like, oh, this looks so
2: different. That's what I want to hear. Thank you. That's so nice. Um, It is, people always ask about mixing traditional and modern, right? And, uh, you know, there are no rules in anything. My my first inclination is to say, just do it, you know, just, just mix the stuff up and it's going to work. Um, and if you try it and it looks hideous, take it away and try something else. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but honestly, um, things of different styles can make each other much more interesting. Things of different ages, things of different materials can make the other look much more interesting. And on the cover of my first book is an apartment that I did for my cousin. And On either side of the mantle, there are two very different chairs. One is a sort of mid-century modern Danish chrome and and leather uh, famous chair by Arnie Norell. And on the other side of the mantle is an incredibly beautiful Austrian Biedermeyer chair with, you know, tiger silk velvet on it. So the time periods couldn't be more different. The styles couldn't be more Mm -hmm. different. um, But they are so interesting, each of them on their own, but I think more so together um and so i always look at the pull and the play of how things relate to each other and that can be an artwork or accessories or your table settings or f- fabrics that you choose or you know, anything mm-hmm. but i think that's that's that drives interest for me um and so i kind of gravitate toward that and and there there are no rules like you can you can do anything um just just
3: do it
1: i wanted to talk about that the Nantucket house because you have a good bit sure. um, of images in the book um, of that Nantucket house and it is so pretty, and I love the way you talk about the client too. How she was just you know this is the way she wanted it. She was like determined to anyway. The house is beautiful and I wanted you to kind of walk through.
3: Thank you.
2: Um, this client is great. the The chapter is called the Fates because you know I explained in the book. Th- this project probably shouldn't have happened. She found me from my first book by accident because her previous decorator retired. Um, it was a timing that I didn't think was going to work out. It was extremely tight and demanding. Anyway, it ended up being one of the most gratifying projects I've ever worked on with a client who truly indulged my creativity and wanted to do interesting things and new things. and she she's a a connoisseur and, a collector of the most beautiful and interesting things, things that she taught me about, things that I knew about. Um, and to get to work with those things was super interesting. But, you know, she's also hilarious. So she bought um, that rug from uh, the Melons New York Townhouse Dining Room, um, a very f- sort of fancy needlework rug. And she, had it delivered to the, didn't even tell me she bought it, had it delivered to the office. So, you know, somebody comes in and dumps this thing on the ground and opens it up. And I call her and I, you know, my inclination, you know, first of all, was that this fancy needlework rug really kind of wouldn't work in, in, in a house on Nantucket at, you know, at the beach. And, and her resp- you know, in trying to explain that to her, et cetera, her response was, honey, that is not my problem. That's your problem. And just make it work. And sh- she's, she's very, um, Matter of fact, she's very um, blunt with me at times, as you need to be with people, <laughs> and she's hilarious. And she was right, and we figured out how to make it work. You know, by mixing it with the different things in that room, we loosened up its fanciness and its staid quality, and and made it made it work um, at the beach, which it was a challenge, and that's a good type of challenge to have, um, I think.
0: I also uh, feel like everyone should know that you. There's so much humor in this book. And I loved the little story you told about this client, about how um, you emailed her back saying, this is like the most spoiled client request I've ever gotten. And no. <laughs> so to tell everyone that little story. because It, it was sounds funny.
2: horrible, but um, she's so funny. And one of my favorite things about her is that she has a great sense of humor about herself. She does not take herself too seriously. I try never to take myself too seriously. And I don't think anybody should take themselves that seriously. So I got an email from her. Maybe at two in the morning or something that I read the next morning, and it was like you just have to change the way that these um, uh, uh, reports read. You know, the, the sort of the billing reports read, et cetera. I, I can't follow from one page to the next, and it, it needs to be you know. Re, re, she wanted to change the entire structure of it so that it was easier for her to read, and that would have required you know redoing the entire code for this <laughs> entire system that I don't own and can't can't do anyway. So I just sent her an email back saying. Uh, what did I say? And the most ridiculous and spoiled client request goes to, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and she called me immediately, laughing hysterically, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you just have to tell me when I don't <laughs> hear I'm hearing off track or whatever." And I tell her the same about me. So. <laughs>
1: That's really that you do. Uh, You have quite a few little stories like that through the book, which are really funny.
2: Listen, Uh, if you cannot laugh, I mean, look, decorating is a difficult thing, right? We are dealing with people's hopes and dreams. As we talked about before, we're dealing with something intensely personal, something intensely stressful, moving money is involved. Like there's a lot in it. mm -hmm. It should be fun. It can be fun. You really just have to try your best to make it fun. And, uh, you know, I use humor to help me make situations you know more fun a zoom call or you know whatever it is you got to laugh and have a good time if you can so makes sense
0: well i loved also with this nantucket house in particular um the way and you sort of touched on this earlier um when you mentioned the baskets but the way that you just displayed some of her collections um you know, especially I think for a house that is, you know, at the beach, it makes sense to have maybe more humble um, items, but that you display really in a special way. And um, maybe you could kind of tell everyone, especially the baskets. I just thought that was so genius. So tell everyone what, I'm, what you're talking about.
2: Well, Nantucket has these beautiful baskets that I'm sure everybody's seen, whether they're in their like mother's like preppy purse from the 80s or- the, the real baskets, which were utilitarian. And they were, uh, there's a special weave to it and a special type. And there were famous weavers who did them. And um, they stack concentrically like, or w- within each other, like a Russian doll. Mm-hmm. And that fascinates me to have a set of, you know, eight things that perfectly fit into one another and are, are beautifully woven with all with the same handles of one scale smaller, one scale smaller, one scale smaller, one scale smaller until the smallest one. They're pretty cool. So she has a number of these collections, which are, to, to find a, an original old, you know, 18th century set of re- uh, real ones is is rare. And so there were two sets like that. And I thought, my God, you know, one of the grandchildren is going to like pull it off a shelf and just kill it. <laughs> <dead> <laughs> Sit on one, it or something. In one little grab. And um, we thought to hang them, Way up high in this double story entry hall, but to hang them so that they you, it shows that they stack, and you can see in the pictures in the book um, they look so cool. It's like a work of art up there. Mm-hmm. So um, cool. It was interesting to have these things to hang up high because when you're on the second floor landing, you know you see them differently than you see them from below. Um, they're just beautiful, and this uh, great guy called Dan Sellers helped us hang them. And I don't know how he did it. I mean, he is a magician. I have no <laughs> idea how it works. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to be involved. I just said, here. and I left and came back and they were done and they've never moved. So I, I am so grateful for his expertise, like all decorators are for all the people who put things together and paint things and do things, et cetera. But these baskets were so interesting and that was a great way to keep them safe and make them actually really visible. Um,
3: mm-hmm. She had
2: a beautiful collection of um, rare carved, like sandpipers and little seabirds and things. And yeah. you know, she's told me a million times who some of the famous carvers were and I, I can't remember, so I'm hoping she's not listening. <laughs> but, you know, There were a lot of these and we already had tabletops and shelves filled with her other interesting things. And so I thought to myself, I don't want to just like throw these on every shelf between books. And so we made little stands for them and set them all on little stands in in two particular areas in the house. Mm-hmm. There's like a flock of these interesting birds together, and collectively they're much cooler than one alone somewhere, et cetera. And it really gives focus to the collection, whereas if they were dispersed across the house, you wouldn't notice them as much.
0: Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying I'm like feverishly flipping through because I, I um I'm trying to remind myself how they're actually mounted. But I uh, yes, they're like on little ledges. Okay. Little
2: wooden plinths that also Dan Sellers made, you know, I'm like, this is what I want it to look like. And I don't know how he did it, but he did it. I don't know how I got them up there. I don't know how they stay there. I don't have to know that. I just I just knew really
0: <laughs> <getting> it there. <laughs> Well, I, I was it. It, it was they remind me of, you know, sort of like the decorator's bracket, which we sell a couple different varieties. But sure. I you know, it's something that I think decorators just use so masterfully and liberally. and um it seems like something that, you know us normal folks, we don't necessarily remember that they're there, but then you see it when they're, you know, in mass all together on a wall. and it's just it totally makes the room. And the room that it's in, Um, in that Nantucket house is a bathroom and you know like what an amazing way to sort of display artwork because you wouldn't normally put something cool over your bathtub
2: yeah (laughs) it's well you it's it's an empty space and I guess you it's far enough up so that you're not you know if you stand up too quickly you're not going to hit it or whatever but um you know this is nothing like that but there's a famous room of Jane Reitzman in uh Palm Beach house pictures of it. And there were these beautiful French brackets with, you know, incredible Chinese export um, uh, porcelain birds on them. And, um, you know, that was pretty cool seeing those all together in a flock on these fancy French uh, brackets. But Mm -hmm. the same effect or a similar effect can be had with something much more simple and and, um, humble or or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Thank you for noticing.
0: <laughs> Talk to me about the contrast trim because, um, you know, I always think just that adding a trim that's different or even just a cushion that's different or a back or, you know, what have you would make the item, I guess, more loud, but you do it really subtly. And so in some cases, I mean, some cases you do it on purpose to be more bold, I guess, but there were some times where I was just like, "Oh wow, this—it's kind of almost hard to notice that there's a contrast." Well, but it's there, and it—it and it makes it so special. So I was wondering if you have any sort of guidelines that you um, keep in mind when you're choosing a different welt that we could kind of um, learn from.
2: Um, I started decorating. I started working for Mark Hampton in 1992, um, and the 90s were Big time for trim. <laughs>
3: you all weren't
2: born then, I'm sure, but it was a big time for Phil Castle Fringe and like three rows of it, and it was crazy. And I, I, I never, I, I was not drawn to that. Um, and in fact, it was so prevalent that I was very drawn away from it, um, sure. in the complete mm-hmm. opposite direction. But things you know you can use trim wisely and it's interesting to to trim something because it does whether it's a contrast piping on a chair or a bullion fringe on a you know Napoleon III or Victorian chair or the way you'll use a specific border on a curtain um that's all interesting and you can do it in very tailored ways that aren't overdone i don't really like anything that's overdone i mean to me uh you know, my mom has this jacket that has, it's just a very pretty jacket, but, but the, just the little trim of fur at the collar and at the cuffs, I think is so much prettier than were the fur on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that little, that little effort of detail and tailoring and things like that I respond to and just think are so interesting and, and, maybe not Mm -hmm. flashy or I I don't know what it is. I don't don't know what my personal hangups are about it so much, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm drawn toward things like that. And so I do think about trim and I do think about the way to do things that said, there are no real rules in decorating Mm -hmm. and every rule that you can think of, you can think of three things where you need to break that. So, you know, one chair in one specific room, should be, I think, trimmed in a certain way. And if you take that same chair and put it in a different room, it really mm-hmm. calls for something else. I would say, you know, you don't want to think about putting bullion fringe on a mid-century modern sofa because, you know, we, that's not going to work. Right. But, um, you know, if you like fringe and you're drawn toward things like that, think of it and think if you want it in a natural color or bright red or... If everything is specific and you just... I think if you just look at it and think about things that you're drawn to or other things that you like, and everybody has Pinterest now and everybody looks at pictures and knows things. I think you can, you can figure it out a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, and you know what, if you can't find a friend whose opinion you trust and ask them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or, 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 or ask a professional or, or whatever it is. Um, I wish I had more of a, you should definitely do this and (laughs) not do that. But I don't. Um, I would say don't put three rows of silk tassel fringe on anything. I there think you go. Got full, it. Yes, we can all we can all follow right now.
0: It's like a pet peeve. Well, one of <laughs> the ones that that stood out to me, for example, was in that Nantucket house? There's sort of a um, your the dining chairs. I believe it's that house are slip covered, yes. and you have. Um, it's, I think a floral pattern, that's the slip cover, but as the trim or not the trim, but I guess like the welts, Mm -hmm. um, the flange is a little tiny stripe and it's very subtle. It's like a tone on tone stripe. And I imagine, you know, if you're like coming through the book, like I am, obviously, then you're going to notice, but that's something you would probably only really, um, notice if you were like going to actually sit in that chair and you're like pulling it out from the table. And it would have been so easy to just use a solid, but I just thought it was oh, so delightful easy, to use
2: a- I don't make it easy for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like no, I've seen right, that right.
1: in your articles um, too, where you're, your curtain <laughs> guy hates you or- <laughs> When
2: I took about 30 different fabrics and trims into my curtain workroom to make these curtains for my, my uh, studio here at the house, I thought he was going to throw me out, Um, (laughs) he actually did it. And, and, uh, thinking of those slipper chairs in that house on Nantucket, you're exactly right. Um, I chose that ticking to make a welt to give, it's very subtle. The, 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 the difference in the, in the actual main floral faded fabric and this faded ticking is not, it's not, it's not very contrasting, but I wanted to give some sort of, uh, Detail and edging, and I in this piping and in the little ties that tie the slipcover down to the chair, and it was it, it ties into it's the same ticking that I used to create paneling uh, with wall upholstery on the walls, and it's also uh, a trim if you see a bit of ticking on the edging of the curtains, and the ceiling uh, wood slats mimic the ticking in the same direction, and so it was all very conscious in this room, and and. I have to say that room is one of the. I'm. It's one of my favorite rooms, and I'm very proud of that room because it looks very subtle and, in a way, underdecorated. But it's not at all. It's incredibly complex, incredibly detailed. The wall upholstery alone to make every seam line up in the way the pattern repeats and create these panels and styles and rails. um, I'm really, really happy with the way that came out because. You don't want something that's too wildly fancy and makes people nervous. You want people to be comfortable in your house, even if it is a a more formal or grand house. Mm -hmm. And I think the element of using simple ticking helped rather than a silk damask, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it all works together, and, and I, I love that room. I'm glad you asked me about that, and thank you for noticing.
0: Well, yes, that the the wall I, it's the it's, it's impossible to even yeah. describe it to people, but just know that you got to go get the book, and it's on page two twenty six, and you're gonna be blown away because I can't even fathom how long it took the upholstery guy to like line everything up on the wall I'm i don't even sure want to think about and it
2: drink copious amounts of alcohol and were finishing up um anyway
0: well that and wasn't
2: my problem that was their problem yeah, right? so,
1: uh, <laughs> no, yeah. you yeah, got to use true. your own client's line on someone else Totally. Well, you're so into textiles. That's, you know, you speak to that a lot too. And you obviously know how to pair them very well. So Mm -hmm. is there any like nuggets you can share on us of like what we should be looking for when we're, you know, starting to try to, or even trying to find some or starting a project or?
2: I would say something in line with what I just described a minute ago about that ticking. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't always gravitate toward the fanciest or most expensive material it's not always the best and it's not always the best choice Um, Mm -hmm. yes a a silk tiger tiger velvet can be used beautifully on a pillow or a bench or that chair that i spoke about which is not terribly large you don't want to use it on a sofa you don't want to use it on walls um that's like a little crazy um (laughs) so the other thing is high and low right so uh i have a client in my first book she was my very first client Um, on my own after I left Mark Hampton's office and I got to work on this incredible apartment with her. And she had a great set of 18th century, um, you know, neoclassical parcel gilt dining chairs that were covered in leather. And the backs had a fancy damask on them. And I was like, we have to to rip that off immediately. What we (laughs) want to put on the back is silk burlap. We want something raw, Mm. something textured, something nubby, something imperfect, because we need to make this feel more, Comfortable. When you have super fine things, you want to tone it down and make them, uh, make them more accessible. There is a project in London, uh, a great friend of mine from college. I did her this beautiful house for her in London. And from her family, she had an extraordinarily important pair of carved empire chairs. And we used them in her entry hall. And instead of putting some, you know, empire in Berlin damask or something on them, we chose sheepskin. And, uh, you can see that, I think it's in like one of the teaser sections, the front of the book, et cetera, you can see these chairs and they're just so much cooler with this, you know, nubby, relaxed Mm -hmm. material on them. So don't always go for the most formal or most expensive, um, Mm -hmm. and play with things and look at them together, look at different scales together, look at different patterns together. I mean, I've done rooms with 50 different fabrics in them and it can Work altogether, and you also have to keep in mind: looking at a small sample of something is very misleading to what it's going to look like on a wall or on curtains or on a larger piece of upholstery. Uh, so, look carefully at things and try them out, and try them together, and see how it looks to you. And if it looks good, that's a good sign. Yeah,
0: that's actually a great idea because. Um- you know, we will send a sample to someone, but it's usually about a three by yeah. three inch swatch, but you can just as easily order one yard of that fabric yeah. from us. And then you can kind of,
2: Which I do or, you know, or whoever you're ordering. Yeah. Which I do all the time because a client can really see how it repeats. Yes. You can look online at the pattern and see how it repeats, et cetera, but you don't really get a sense of it till you have it in hand at times. Mm-hmm. I love your um, Lottie gray print. I think it's great and I ordered a sample of it and it came and it was like three inches by three inches. And so i didn't even it,
0: get one of the flowers in it.
2: I'm hoping, <laughs> no, a leaf. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not disco because I want to order a yard of it so I can see it more. I think it's great. Is mm-hmm. it discontinued? Please don't tell me it is. I don't think so. Okay, good. <laughs> You'll bring it back for me, right?
0: Yes. Oh, we're. I don't know about me, but Karen, if she was, if she was here, she could pull those she, strings for you. Karen, right? if you I'm were sure, pure. we can work something out. <laughs> Damn it, no, Karen. it's still there. It's still there. Okay. On
3: the website. <laughs> Good.
0: Well, I'm dying to hear about your um, your house in. Let's see, what is it, Portland? Yeah, it's
2: Portland, oh, right? And, no, in the Pacific Northwest. It's um, it's in a, pl- a place called Port Townsend, which is in Washington State. Okay. So. Puget Sound comes in from the Pacific, and then it sort of turns ninety degrees down and goes to Seattle. Seattle, because right? Port Townsend is a Victorian town that was the big town then uh, at the point where it turns down. Um, and so, when the railroad stopped at Seattle, Seattle grew, and Port Townsend did not grow. So <laughs> it's kind of boomtown gone bust. But it's a fantastic um, place now. Um, it's kind of a summery and weekendy place, et cetera. And, you know, there's a lot of tourism that comes through from people traveling in the Pacific Northwest, et cetera. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And um, my partner, James, uh, grew up going there in the summer, spending the summers there. Uh, he lived in California and they would go up there. And um, we are lucky enough to have his uh, his house. His parents have passed away and we're lucky enough to have that house now. And I have to say it's the most relaxing place in the world for me, and I love. It's a crazy old uh, Victorian sea captain's cottage on a cliff, like you know, sixty or seventy feet above the sound. And you look out across the water and see, you know, all the giant cargo ships go by. You look at uh, Mount Baker, which is a snow-capped volcano, and then the Cascade Mountain Ridge. I mean, that part of the world is unbelievable. Um, and that place for me and for James is. Is great, and there's a chapter in the book called "The Evolution of a House," and it's how we have turned this house from 20 years ago when we got it to what it is now, and how the needs of our needs have changed over the time. the 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 logistics of having a house out there has forced different things, and um, you know, a house really gets better and better over time. You know, if you're putting effort and thought into it, and you know, I have a lot of young clients who start out and they, you know, they're spending a lot of money but they're not maybe they they ask about, you know, accessories and artwork and things like that and I'm like, "You know what? Let's get the basics down and then we can start to build on that and layer on that." And there's a chapter on that in my book as well, but um those things, those finishing touches are what make a house truly special, truly reflective uh, reflective of the clients. Um, And our house in Port Townsend is a repository for all these crazy things that we've loved and hoarded over the years, and they work there. And, you know, it's it's very relaxed. I mean, there's no sort of real decorating program other than the fact that I was able to put materials on walls that I had loved and wanted to use forever, um, up finally when we got the house to ourselves and weren't worried about. You know, nephews and dripping chocolate (laughs) popsicle, things like that. So, um, I love that house. I everything. It's complete relaxation for me. During COVID, I was able to go out there and spend three weeks there. Um, And you know, I was like, if I can work from here, I'm going to go work from there. And uh, it was great. And just the change of scenery, just being able to look out across the water and be there really helped me it really helped a lot because you know though there are very serious concerns in the world with covid and people have you know lost their lives and things you know for most of the people i know it's it's become uh sort of like a oh you know do i have to think about what's for dinner one more time which isn't a real problem you know it's it's just something to think about and so this house for me like anyone's house if you can if you love it and if you've spent time on it, can really make something special for you. It can change the way you think about things. It can change your mood. Um, I think people's homes are very important. Uh, and uh, I encourage everyone to think about it and make things as uh, perfect for them as they
3: can.
0: Yeah. Well, I just loved studying the pattern mix that you have throughout this home because it's just so like, much. It, it just seems <laughs> like you really could like let yourself free and just do stuff that, yeah, is bold. And uh, I just like I love the the dining room and then the the bedroom with the vaulted ceilings with the oh yeah. Um, maybe there's multiple, but there's one that's like dark. That's, that's a
2: beautiful William Morris paper, um, and I have wanted to use so that yummy. forever. And that's in my dressing room up on the second floor, which has the slanted ceilings. Um, there's a cool Bessarabian rug in there, and the pattern play really interests me. Um, I love it. And again, you know, if you're doing it for yourself, and it, you can do whatever you want, a uh, client may not always jump for the most... Uh, Bold thing, or you know what you're suggesting to them, et cetera, and so that was really an opportunity to get to play with stuff. the The fabric in the dining room uh, is one of my friend Natalie Farman uh, uh, Décor barbar patterns, and she has a book coming out right now as well, uh, also from vendome They're coming out on the September 22nd. I suggest her book to everybody; it's super interesting, and her patterns, her fabrics are beautiful. Um, but this one, she let me, I, I did this ages ago when she came up with it. I, I custom colored it thinking of this rug in our dining room and it sat in storage for almost 10 years until we could do a renovation after which I could put it up.
0: So you and, actually had the yardage for 10 years? Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. That is. I knew I wanted it. So, you know, I knew I wanted it. I knew I was going to use it. I didn't know how exactly, but I thought it was going to be on the walls in this room. And so, you know, you have to order a hundred meters, um, and so I had a bit left over, and then the client was like, "I have to have this." And so I gave the leftover to her. Um, but it, you know, it makes me so. I've only had it up a year, or maybe two years now. It makes me so happy, right? And that's so worth it, right? That is so worth it. It's um,
1: beautiful. It goes with your rug so well. It's thank you. insane.
2: Her fabric is beautiful. I mean, it's nicely colored for that room. But her fabric is it's it is absolutely. Beautiful. It's called casse moisette, which means nutcracker in in uh, French. Um,
0: I. I am just so, I can't believe it. You know, I imagine that you spend so much time pouring over new fabrics and, you know, going to market and going to antique stores. And you probably are just so constantly inundated with new things. So finding something and holding on to it for 10 years, just waiting to put it up, I'm like, how did you not get distracted? And, you know, know.
2: In, <laughs> in my study here at the house, there is a fabric on the walls that I had had in storage for 15 years because I bought it. When I first got a job with Mark Hampton, Clarence House had it on like drastic sale because they were discontinuing it. And I bought 50 yards and let me tell you something, (laughs) 49.78 yards were used on these walls and there was like a triangle left over at the end that didn't get used. Uh, I don't know how it worked, but it's worth it. Like I knew I loved that fabric. I didn't know where I was gonna use it, but I was like, damn it, I'm gonna use it at some point. And I finally found a spot and it's perfect and it makes me incredibly happy.
0: That's amazing. Yes. That's a good lesson that sometimes you can also just be patient and, you know, don't necessarily rush into your next project. Like let it kind of.
2: I think that's wise.
1: And you have so many quilts. You talk about designing quilts. Like, do you love a good old fashioned quilt or do you like, do you have them all custom done? Both. Both?
2: Both. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Antique quilts are just beautiful. Um, But I will make things out of... uh, If you look at that house on Nantucket, there are a number of custom quilts. Uh, There's some antique quilts. And then like even pillows. I took 20 different fabrics to my poor (laughs) Were <laughs> Again, they're like, "Oh God, here he comes!"
1: Um, <laughs> they closed the closed the windows? The lights are probably, off.
2: They're like, ding dong, no one's there." Um, no, 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 they, they, uh, they were, they were fantastic. They have the most incredible sewers, and so they made a patchwork quilt out of these. I sort of helped them figure out where I wanted the contrast, and where I wanted the different florals, the different stripes, the different you know patterns um, to, to sort of uh, line up but they're the most beautiful pillows I have ever seen. And I've asked my client to leave them uh, in her will to me. <laughs> um, and there's something that I have that oh, she has No, so we've, we've, we've switched it up. So we're both waiting for the other one to kick the bucket. But um, <laughs> they, are, they are, you know, this is a client who has the means and the will to do something like that, and the interest mm-hmm. to do something like that. and not everybody does. I, I could not afford these pillows for sure. Um, but getting to make them and design them was so much fun. and. Making mm-hmm. quilts is really interesting. Um, so anyway what sort of fabric
0: is it just like a twill, a hundred percent cotton?
2: like it can, anything. it can be linens or cottons, and you can mix them. the underside can be a softer cotton and the uh, you know top side can be a more durable linen. It can be anything. Um, it can't be you know super fragile, right? because you know that takes away the it has to be practical.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, do,
0: when you buy one that's antique what,
2: do, you have to like- be careful. Because if you're looking at something in person, you can see it. And if you're looking at something that's at, you know, you're getting a picture from a dealer or in first dips or something, you got to ask very carefully, are there any stains or rips or mm-hmm. wear marks or, or whatever you have to, you know, buyer beware in life, right? That's right. Just general across the board. Just really pay attention to what you're, what you're looking at and ask for pictures where you can't see something, ask for them to send it to you. And they'll be thrilled too. They're trying to make a sale, so you know that's not an annoying question. And if you're polite to people, they won't be annoyed.
3: Okay. Um,
0: I I never really think about quilts, but I, I, I need to. I love them.
2: I love them. <laughs> I, you know, if you if you find an old one, um, for example, that it, it you know the corner of it was chewed on by someone's dog or something, you know, a hundred years ago, you can still think about it and maybe cut it up for pillows or mm-hmm. you know do something else. They're really beautiful pieces of artwork. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I do love them and I've used them over a table. I'll use them, you know, for pillows, I'll use them as art. I'll hang them on the wall. Sometimes I'll mount them. Um, you can do anything, just be creative with it.
3: I love that.
1: No, I had noticed you had them everywhere. You had them on a side table in your house in the, um, upper Northwest or Pacific Northwest. That's exactly right. Yep. Yes, I did. I did want to ask because I studied your Instagram. Um, it seems Uh-oh. like your top loves are and and tell me where I'm wrong. My dog. Your dog. Dog. Number one. Tennis. Yep. And it looked like, and this is the one that I'm. I'm like, maybe I got this wrong. Uh, hot dogs.
3: Is hot?
1: (laughs) You had like three, and again, I I was I was deep in your you know Instagram, but I was like, he's posted like you have a gorgeous room shot, your dog, you know, and then it's a hot dog, and I I was like, see, okay, good.
2: Let me just tell you something in Port Townsend, there is a hot dog (laughs) on Main Street that have that has the best hot dogs I've ever had. So I get it, well done with mustard, relish, and coleslaw. It is the freshest crispest coleslaw and it's the most delicious hot dog of all time i challenge anyone to <laughs> see to even you know refute that um so yes I'm right. and i love tennis i do
0: well do, i think they should name their hot rename their hot dog after you
2: they really should I ask them too. they 're going
0: to have a wave of new customers after this podcast, for sure,
2: <laughs> the first time I went to Port Townsend in the winter uh, i'd always only been there in the summer, so the first time I went in the winter, of course, the hot dog cr- truck is closed because there 's nobody like wandering around town. Mm-hmm. I like screeched to a halt in the car in a panic that it, had, it closed <laughs> and would never reopen, and James was like it's it 's January like it 'll be open you know when the, when the weather gets warmer, calm down, so um panic moment
0: (laughs) that's funny that is a panic moment i wouldn't have guessed it from from your pleated lampshades and your um and your
1: contrast welt that i love hot dogs well i read between (laughs) the lines caroline the hot dog didn't make the book which is absolutely gorgeous but it did make the instagram so it was well worth it i thought
0: (laughs) (laughs) so we have a question from chloe
1: This one is from Chloe, and she writes, Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Love your podcast so much, especially during this trying time. Thank you for bringing some cheer weekly to my life. I need your help with my second bedroom. It is the room that is used for, number one, escaping (laughs) when my husband is snoring. Two, when I put on makeup. Three, when I read at (laughs) night because my husband likes to go to bed at nine, and I'm more of a night owl for a place to meet. Yeah. That happens
2: all the time. I cannot tell you how many people... Or it's the air conditioning, like one's like, I cannot sleep in a room with air conditioning Uh, and the other needs it, you know, as a meat locker.
1: Well, (laughs) four, a place to do yoga and meditate. Um, And five, an extension of my laundry room. I pop open laundry racks for air drying. So it sounds like this room is often used based on... There's a
2: lot here, right? (laughs) Chloe, you know what? At four, I was with you. And when you popped in number five, I thought, okay, she's asking a lot. (laughs)
1: No,
2: okay. okay. Try and try. So she
1: writes some questions about the space. Um, number one, help the, with space planning. I actually love the armoire, but it does take up more space. I think a day bed would be nice in here. Would you put it in? And would there be any, would there be space for tables flanking it? She says, um, where would you put it? Oh, where would you put it? Sorry. Good, good question. <laughs> and would tables flank it? Yes. Number two, I would love a reading chair, where would you put it? And then three, what kind of table should I get for makeup application and where should I put that? Four, light
2: fiction? Well, yeah, if Karen were here, she could
1: answer
2: that. <laughs> Karen. Look at Karen, Thank you. <laughs> Karen. Recommend- Karen, she's such a Karen. Karen. <laughs> uh, I, my one of my best friends is called Karen and it's so unfair that this new term of Karen, I, I just think it's hilarious sorry it is it as is long as kind of it's not Markham then I'm fine <laughs> it's unfair to Karen it's, it's unfair to Karens so anyway
1: <laughs> um, okay, so four is light fixture, flush mount or semi flush mount, yeah. And then five, yes or no to a rug in here. And then her, she does ask one more question at the bottom and says, "As for color palette, I would like to do something in the berry family. Should I go dark or keep it light?" Okay. So,
2: yes. Uh, all right. So, is this for me?
1: Yes. This is all for you, <laughs> baby. You baby. guys are
2: helping here. No We're help gonna. Here?
1: We'll help you along okay. the way, but like. We don't this have is- two books,
3: so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you have a podcast and I don't. So, anyway. Uh, well- <laughs> Chloe, Chloe. Um, so, Chloe, you currently have a mattress set up that is exactly where I would put a day bed. And, and that will function as that extra space when your husband is snoring. Was it you who snores or your husband who snores? One of you snores. <laughs> for one of you to escape when the other is snoring, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. It also would serve as an extra place if somebody stayed over and you needed an extra uh, bed for somebody. So where you have it is perfect. And it looks like there's room on either side of it for smaller end tables and lamps, which would be nice. Um, you have a sort of a desk situation in front of the window already, and I would use that as your makeup table. Um, I would get a, It looks like you have a makeup mirror on it, so it looks like that's what you're doing. Um, if Karen were here, she might have a Ballard's makeup table for you, but she's not. Mm-hmm. So she can write her <laughs> later and ask her, um, <laughs> but this table looks nice and I would keep it exactly where it is in front of the window. And it will also serve as a desk. If somebody needs an extra desk to do a project or do something, um, and there's room to the left of the chair, uh, to the left of the desk to have the reading chair that you're thinking of. Um, and Uh, it looks like you've already got it. And the armoire, keep it. Where you have it is fine. And if it serves a purpose of holding a bunch of stuff, why get rid of it? Mm -hmm. Um, Now you ask about... So, so, Sorry, also, the place to do yoga or meditate, it looks like there's enough floor space there to be able to do that. So I think that you are able to get everything that you want out of it, out of this layout that you sort of currently already have. And A lot of times people's first inclination is always the right one and they'll second guess and move things around, et cetera. So I think that actually you've done a great job laying this out. Um, now, I can't help you with snoring. I snore myself. So <laughs> that's not, I that's maybe not. you're not asking me that anyway. So uh, questions about the space. Um, we talked about the planning. and I think you've done it. Um, as far as the light fixture is concerned, um, I think a hanging fixture that's not too low, obviously you need to be able to pass underneath it, tall people. Um, but I think it would make the room a little, it would give the room a little punch, right? And, um, so I think that you could, you know, look for something. you have a light here now and it's, it's great. And until you find something, this works perfectly well, but when you do, it'll be a nice treat to add that. And you ask about, uh, adding a rug. You have what looks like sort of a soft, plush, beige, wall-to-wall carpet. And so my inclination would be to try everything first, you know, get the daybed in there, get the chair in there, you know, make sure that your lamps are there, make sure that the the room is done before adding a rug. You can always add a rug afterward. But I think that a rug on top of this sort of plush, wall-to-wall, beige, soft carpet will look too... Uh, piled textures or whatever. If it were a tighter sisal, then I think you could lay a rug over it, mm-hmm. it with with more ease um, and that it would work more successfully. So I might hold off on that and see what you think after you get it together. And Makes sense. Um, for the color palette, uh, I think a berry color, I mean, it depends on the berry. Um, Artificial strawberry color is not going to be nice, but um, some beautiful Victorian dyed berry paint sample could be dark and moody like like a wine color or a plum mm-hmm. color. That can be beautiful. And you know, I'm never afraid to paint a room dark. Um, it looks like you have a very good source of light here, so I'm sure it'll light up the color beautifully. And even if you don't have a good source of light, a strong color in a room, can make the room not feel dim. It's sort of counterintuitive, but if you have a room that doesn't have a great source of light, and you wanna lighten it up because it feels dark to you, don't paint it white, don't paint it pale yellow because it's gonna look dingy and dreary and dark uh, when the light doesn't light that up. And if you paint it a strong color or a darker color, everything in the room stands out against that color and looks more lit and more alive. So I would not be afraid of a darker color. Um, And uh, I say, Go for it and have fun. It's nice to have an extra room, right, where you get to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I have all sorts of uh, clients my age who whose kids are going off to school and they're like gleeful empty nesters pushing <laughs> kids out to get their hands on their room. Extra and their rooms. Face. Um, so enjoy it, um, I think.
0: So Just to, I just want to ask, she shouldn't be concerned. It looks like just sort of like in one of these photos where she has the bedding sort of laid out showing mm-hmm. where the daybed would be. Mm-hmm. So yep. she shouldn't be concerned at all that it overlaps a tiny bit with that table.
2: With the desk there, the end yeah, of the desk. Yeah. No, because I think when she, um, I think she's actually, because there's a skirted table in the other corner, I think you can move the, the, the mattress, it looks like it's a twin size mattress, a little bit away mm-hmm. from the window to give it a little bit more space. But it only comes out three or four inches in front of that uh, desk leg and it, there's no drawer that's being impeded. So it, it's totally fine. And okay. you could probably fit small, you could fit a floor lamp into one corner and maybe a small table into the other with a, tape, a lamp on it. It looks like there's room. It's hard to tell from a picture and not standing there, but um, it it looks like it'll fit. Uh, and, and I think the way that she's laid it out really makes sense uh, for how you'd use the room.
0: Cool. I mean, I think it makes, I love what you said about kind of your first instinct is usually the right one because I know I do that. I overthink it and well, well we maybe I, does. you know, yeah, yeah. So Everybody
2: does that. You, you start thinking and doubting and, and that, you, you know, you, you'll end up circling right back to where you were in the beginning. You're like, Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Oh no. It sounds like all it right. could be real luxurious for her. Yes.
2: Chloe, good luck.
1: Yes. yes. Please send us after photos. We would love
0: to see what you do with it. Well, Markham, can you tell everyone where to find you, follow you, buy your book, all that good stuff?
2: So uh, (laughs) my book is from Vondome. You can get it, of course, on Amazon. I think it's available now for pre-order. You can get it through uh, Vondome Press's uh, website as well. Um, And you can get it at booksellers. I am on Instagram. It's um, Markham Roberts. M a r k h uh, a m r o b e r t s and uh, I have a website MarkhamRoberts.com. dot com and um, I I've never been on Facebook before so I don't I'm not, <laughs> I, I, and I'm not on Twitter so that's it for me I'm mm-hmm. an old dinosaur <laughs> not at all <laughs>
0: all you, that's all you need Instagram and I mean.
2: I have to say, I'm sure
0: most of your clients find you that way.
2: I have to say, I was reluctant to do Instagram. I don't know why, just because I it's kind of you know it it can take a lot of time, right? I mean, it's kind Mm -hmm. of a full time job in and of itself. But you know, they encouraged me. Vendome encouraged me to do it for the first book, and it's really fun. It's really interesting. It's really uh, it, it can be annoying, like anything in life. But it can also be a great way to connect to things and see things that you never would have otherwise, or that it would have taken you some circuitous route to get to before. And, <laughs> and so Instagram is, I think, really interesting and, and, and uh, effective. Um, so there you go. It's a great way to peddle hot dogs.
1: <laughs> and dogs. And hot dogs. dogs and dogs. Oh, my God. I'm
2: surprised, actually, that you didn't hear, like, explosive barking that sounded None. like a horrible home no. invasion. It's usually just her seeing a chip <laughs> on something, But she was very quiet. So good.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our guest. This was such a pleasure, and a, nice. I thank
2: you. Could was, not have enjoyed your book more. So. so nice. Thank you so much, and and it's very nice to meet you both. And and tell Karen I'm deeply wounded that she's not here.
0: We will. We'll, we'll we will. send her on a good trip for sure. Yes.
1: <laughs> and we will make it to New York at some point. Yes. yes. For New York a real meet and, right and
2: greet. Absolutely. New York is going to come yes. right back as is everything. So we it will. be patient.
0: Yes. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash
3: podcast.
1: To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcastballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time,
0: happy happy decorating. decorating!